From Dame Cacao, I'm Max Gandy, and this is Chocolate on the Road, the show where we explore hot topics surrounding cacao and chocolate cultures around the world. So let's hit the road. There's been a lot of buzz about dark chocolate in recent years. It's got this reputation as a health food. 100% chocolate bars, well, those are seen as some kind of holy grail. The problem is, most people can't stomach a chocolate that's not sweet. And even the mildest of 100% chocolates is still not sweet. That's where sugar-free chocolate has long since tried and failed to fill the void. Yet for people whose bodies can't handle refined sugars, this has been the default. But the sugar-free chocolates I had as a kid tasted like crap. They could never convince me that it might be worth the trade-off. Yet now there's a beacon of hope in the sugar-free chocolate realm. And it's brought about by the emergence of two things. The craft chocolate movement and the keto diet. In this episode, we're exploring the ins and outs of sugar-free chocolates and how to figure out which brands have gotten a much-needed ingredient makeover. In the world of chocolate making, sugar-free chocolate is a complicated proposition. There are numerous alternative sweeteners on the market, and none of them will act exactly like white sugar when they're added to the mix. Not to mention that most of them are quite expensive, and have gotten a bad reputation recently. But even if you were to find the perfect sugar-free chocolate, there are still several factors to consider. Let's say keto chocolate. Okay, so people on a ketogenic diet, they have, they have to restrict their carb intake. So that means you cannot have 10 bars and it's okay, right? So, you know, we have like a sugar-free chocolate spread. And somebody called us and said, hey, I'm out of ketosis now because of your chocolate spread. I was like, well, how much did you eat? Like, well, the whole thing. It's like, well, which jar? We have this, you know, 700 gram <laughs> massive jar. It's like, well, she, she ate it all. I was like, I mean, it's, it's ketogenic. It's, it's a keto chocolate cream. It's like, yeah, but you can't eat the whole thing and you expect nothing would happen. You know, you, ha- you have to... Calories, yeah, yeah, so... Like you had 30 carrots and you're like, oh, wow, my stomach doesn't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just because it's it's low-carb chocolate bar, it doesn't mean that you can eat tons of it and can w- maintain your weight. I think you should still treat it as a chocolate and just enjoy it. This is a clip from my interview with Ayano and Tobias of Bonchin Chocolate, based in Thailand. Apologies in advance for any bird noises or wind in the background. We did this interview outside. Three years ago, Ayano and Tobias started the company in an effort to make low-carb chocolate that actually tastes good. At the time and ever since, they couldn't find low-carb options, which they wanted to eat. So, they made them. Sugar-free chocolate has historically been an other on the shelf. Not really chocolatey in flavor, but certainly not a health food. But these days, people are becoming increasingly aware of the nutrition of their food and the quality of ingredients, just as Ayano and Tobias have. 
But this awareness brings questions. Like, can chocolate be a health food? Where is the proper intersection between health and indulgence, especially in craft chocolate? And what role does sugar-free chocolate play in all of that? To understand these viewpoints, first we must define sugar. What do you think is the danger of people associating sugar with only white processed sugar? I guess you just have to, you know, educate yourself. I think nowadays you can learn a lot from the internet. Um, it's really time for all of us to learn, you know, what is really healthy, what's not. Mostly, you know, this sugar-free concept is used as part of, the, you know, marketing. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that that's how, how PR works, right? You want people to feel comfortable with the concept. You just have to, you know, figure out what you want to achieve with with this alternative sugar. So when consumers are looking at bars that are labeled sugar-free chocolate, what should they be looking for to either avoid or to specifically seek out on the labels? Hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it depends, right? What are the different types of alternative sweeteners that are most common? I think you can group them into two. So one is like a really like a functional category where it has no calorie whatsoever, right? So that would include the, the alcohol sugar. So the most common one used in a so-called sugar-free commercial chocolate bar is a multitol. And this is the cheapest version of uh, sugar-free alcohol. But it can cause a lot of bloating. If you have some digestive issues, then it's, a, you know, it's quite problematic. And then you have also this zero calorie, you know, super sweetened stuff, like a, what is it, uh, aspartame, what do you call it? As you know, yeah, aspartame, uh, Yeah, exactly, exactly, all those things. Uh, and those are, I mean, I, I, I think I would say, you know, we should stay away from those. Call them chemicals. Yes, exactly. Um, but then uh, there are also these natural sugar alternatives. But at the end of the day, they, they are still sugar. Right, so it could be sucrose, but it could contain fructose, you know, a bit more minerals because it's molasse or uh, brown sugar. Mm. If you want to benefit from that, I mean, if you really want to stick to these natural sugars, then I think that's fine. It's up to you. If you just want to have the natural, you know, ingredients or not, or you want mm. to really cut down the calories by taking the, you know, alternatives like uh, sugar alcohol or stevia or monk fruit. So what are the effects of sugar on the body? I think sugar is demonized <laughs> uh, to a certain extent. I mean, personally, we, we, we still eat sugar. It's the basic fuel for your body, right? If the, your body is healthy. If you were to search for the effects of sugar on the body... Nine out of ten articles would be about how bad it is for you. But sugar is one of the original fuels for the body, as Ayano noted. Sucrose, the scientific name for white sugar, is used as energy in plants around the world. It's made up of equal parts fructose and glucose. And most commonly, it's made from sugar cane or sugar beets. But sugars of all types are neither evil nor angelic. Some sugars come with micronutrients, while others come with no caloric or nutritional impact at all. Can you tell me a bit more about the sort of new wave of alternative sweeteners? 
have the sweeteners that you use in your chocolates, have they just appeared over the last 10 years or have they just gone down in cost so it's now more possible to make things with them? I think the, the, the stevia is more commonly, commonly used as a sugar substitute. I mean, it's been around for a while and then the monk fruit is the next wave of natural sweetener. I think there, there. I mean, in the States, for example, in, in Japan as well, there's a very you know popular sweetener with erythritol and uh, monk fruit, and they make all kinds of zero calorie, you know, sugar and syrup, maple, you know, maple syrup and all that. Uh, but it you know, got ma ma much more more cost efficient now. The prices went yes. quite a lot down because of the higher quantities needed in the market. Demand and but still, if you compare the cost of one kilo of sugar to any sugar-free alternative, it's like sugar is an it's like ten or twenty substance. times more cost. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, sugar you can buy for like pennies per yes. kilo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess you know you. For example, like this alternative sugar trend is also, you know, to do with this trend of having this. Uh, I don't know, like a sophisticated sweetener. You know what I mean? Like, let's say coconut sugar has its own taste. You know, something like that. I mean, personally, we, we, we made a, a chocolate with coconut sugar. But for us, it was too strong. It, it has such a strong taste that we didn't appreciate it. So we'd rather use sugar to sweeten the chocolate than the coconut sugar, for example. Coconut sugar in particular has been hailed for containing micronutrients and having less impact upon blood glucose levels. This is an important consideration for diabetics in particular, but in effect, it's not a sugar-free option, just like honey and agave aren't sugar-free. Plus, coconut sugar's strong flavor can be off-putting, and it's become just one of many alternatives to white sugar. As Ayano was saying, there are now countless options for people looking to lay off the table sugar. They often fall into two categories, functional and categorical. A functional sweetener has little to no calories, like monk fruit extract and sugar alcohols, like xylitol. A categorical sweetener is basically all the natural non-white sugars, like honey or coconut sugar or agave. Often these have the same or more calories than white sugar, but they contain micronutrients your body needs or maybe they have a much more desirable flavor for your purpose. In the sugar-free chocolate industry, the most common sweetener is maltitol. Maltitol is a sugar alcohol obtained from starch, and it's one of the cheapest sugar alternatives on the market. It has about half the calories of white sugar and a similar level of sweetness. However, it does have a moderate to high effect on blood sugar and a slight laxative effect. But again, it's cheap and allows producers to label their chocolates as sugar-free. A more expensive sugar alcohol is erythritol, the current choice for premium sugar-free chocolates. Erythritol is almost zero calorie, but it has only two-thirds the sweetness of sugar, and the same tummy-troubling effects as maltitol. It also has a slight cooling effect in the mouth. Ayano and Tobias use erythritol in their chocolates along with soluble fiber to match sugar's bulk and monk fruit extract for further sweetness. Monk fruit is an actual fruit. It's native to northern Thailand, actually, and the extract is a few hundred times sweeter than sugar. 
Yeah, a few hundred times. The fruit's uniquely sweet antioxidants are responsible for its characteristic saccharinity. Adjusting levels of monk fruit can drastically change the flavor of a product. In turn, monk fruit extract costs about a thousand times more than sugar, still making it a more expensive choice. But it's undeniable that sugar-free chocolate offers people options. When it's made with high-quality ingredients, it can even offer them good options. I think normally people associate the, the cacao percentage to sweetness, right? Higher the percentage, the, the bitterer, and somehow it's more healthy. So we, we have a zero-calorie sweetener. So as far as the, the calories are concerned, it doesn't matter whether you have 70%, 80%, or 100%. Well, actually, 100% has more, you know, yeah, fat. So but in terms of but like in, sugar, in, yeah. in terms of sugar, there is none, right? Just a little bit from the, a natural sugar from cacao nibs or something. Natural uh, sweetness. Yeah, yeah natural yeah. sweetness, exactly, but very little. And um, yeah, so normally, like we, when people say, "Oh, I love something dark," we always go for eighty-five, and we sort of tell them, "Well, actually, let's say our Uganda, sixty-eight uh, percent, it, it has a lot of tannin. You know, it has more." bitterness. So it's as dark as some 80% commercial bars. So that's why we, we normally have like samplers for people who come to our shop and they can taste it. And they're actually amazed. It's like, oh my God, wow. But even if it's 68%, let's say uh, this origin I mentioned, uh, Uganda, uh, you know, we, we have um, two different kind of you know, roasting profiles or sometimes three. And the higher the you know roasting profile is, the, the the more bitter, right? But then we combine it with different roast so that you know the taste is more balanced, so on, so on. But I can make it very bitter, but exactly the same percentage as the other. So in some origins, it's it's milder. Uh, not not just origin, but how you roast it really. You can really uh, change it, but it's it's hard to understand unless you actually taste it. So we normally just encourage people to like try different, different origins, different makers, you know, just to educate yourself, uh, you know, if you're willing to. The best, the best place to do it is actually like a chocolate tasting workshop and things like that. I think that's, that's quite good. And it's, it's a very good experience for everybody. When sugar's nutritional value is taken out of the equation, the inherent flavors of each cacao can take precedence for consumers. Sugar-free chocolate can be a tool, but on the other hand, its very existence is sort of our attempt to bend the rules, to avoid moderation. While there are exceptions, many people use sugar-free chocolate as an excuse to eat more of it, a practice which brings its own health risks. For example, the laxative effects of most all sugar alcohols, and the fact that cacao still has calories. But as a maker, these are exactly the kinds of science experiments that can keep you on your toes. How does using an alternative sweetener affect the process of making chocolate as a maker and then the process of like trying chocolate and enjoying it as a consumer? Well, we had to really work hard to figure out the, the right proportions to, to have this more like a one-to-one -one sweetness to sugar. And we the most important thing for us was to remove the, the aftertaste but uh, it's a very tricky thing to work with so quite often we had some you know incident 
uh, you know, with our machines. Um, but at the end, it was it was fine. But um, it's it's not as easy as you think. And then we also had to, you know listen to our customers' feedbacks. And you know you also give it to some somebody without telling them that it's uh, sugar-free chocolate, and say, you know, see what what they say. What were the most common feedbacks at the beginning? Oh, it's like what what is this? It's it's delicious. I said, well, do you know that it's not sugar? What? <laughs> so that was like a nicest compliment, but it also depends on you know different recipes, right? Different different beans, and we always have to adjust. So it doesn't. It's not like you know one recipe fit fit you know all. It's not like sugar. So sometimes we add more monk fruit or less. Uh, like for example, when we talked about white white chocolate, then we would slightly reduce the amount of monk fruit we use so that it's not overwhelmingly sweet. That's how we personally like it. Uh, but it's not exactly this really really sweet taste people are used to from the commercial white chocolate is how's the texture texture is good i mean because because we we have the best quality you know cacao butter and the cacao mix. i mean that's those are the the main you know things and then the rest and it's it's really well incorporated in, into it so it may not be like you know 100 percent you know dissolved you know, as the sugar, but you can still enjoy a very smooth mouth feel and and so on. But I would say like it, it doesn't have the amplifier of the sugar, so it's just different journey. On the other hand, you can really taste the the real taste of the the cacao beans. Uh, it's quite honest, right? I think it's it's just a different. You can't do an episode on sugar-free chocolate without mentioning the no-sugar-added milk chocolate craze. In Europe in particular, some companies have taken to making no-sugar-added milk chocolates with only cacao, cocoa butter, and milk powder. Since milk powder still contains lactose, a sugar naturally found in milk, these bars do still contain sugar, albeit a small amount. The effect on blood sugar is tiny in such amounts, but I personally am not a huge fan. I think they always taste much darker than their percentages. But if this concept intrigues you, know that it exists. And no matter what form they come in, sugar-free chocolates are markedly more expensive than the regular stuff. The cost of white sugar has stayed low for decades, for a whole other set of reasons I'm saving for a future episode. So the next time you're at the supermarket or the corner store, Look for some sugar-free chocolates. See if you recognize any of the ingredients. And then make your own decisions. If you like them, grab some to enjoy. At home and on the road. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chocolate on the Road. If you liked it, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share it in any way you see fit. Your support makes all the effort put into each episode worth it. An especially huge thank you to Ayano and Tobias for being in this episode. To learn more about Bonchin Chocolate, their company, check out the show notes for this episode at the link in the description or on my website at deemcacao.com. 
That's D-A-M-E-C-A-C-A-O dot C-O-M. Have a wonderful day, and I hope you'll join me next time we go on the road.